Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Pella Windows Indoors. You know, a new door, new set of windows can totally change the look, the feeling, the vibe of your home. Plus, can do two other pretty important things well. It can add value to your home and it can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. And let me tell you, working with the people of Pella, second to none. Just great individuals there. So now is the time. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That is PellaOmaha.com. All right, it is, it is, uh, it's Wednesday, August 19th. Uh, quick reminder, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, while you're at it, leave a five-star rating and a review. And while you're in the subscribing mood, you should subscribe to my other podcast, Chick and Nick. We are back, folks. We are back, and we are better than ever. So go subscribe to that podcast as well. It all helps. Okay, so I uh, on the pod today, I wanted to take a quick sidestep from the college football craziness because it's straight up nuts right now with all the rumors and all the different things going on with, with the Big Ten and Nebraska and all that stuff. I, it's like you don't even know what to make of it all. So I want to take a quick sidestep from the craziness that is the college football world. And I wanted to talk some NBA basketball. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are going on right now inside the bubble in Orlando. And I wanted to get my former roommate, my former teammate at Creighton, Anthony Tolliver, on the podcast. Certainly, he's uh, he's no stranger to the pod. He's been on, uh, God, this is his third or fourth time. And uh, he was inside the bubble as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies, and they lost in the play-in game for the eighth seed in the West to Portland. So uh, AT, A-Train, Anthony Tolliver, he's knocked out of the bubble. Now he's back home. And uh, I-, I wanted to pick his brain about life in the bubble. What were the hotel accommodations like? What was the food like? What was the testing like? just get all his thoughts on what the bubble's like. And then obviously talk some, some NBA with him with the pull-offs or with the, with the playoffs in uh, in full swing. So uh, there's a lot to talk about. This was great. You guys are going to love this. You're going to absolutely love it. So let's get to it, man. Here is my podcast chat talking NBA bubble, NBA playoffs with NBA stretch Four current member of the Memphis Grizzlies, former blue Jay, Anthony Tolliver. On the line now is uh, he's he's a current member of the Memphis Grizzlies. He's my former roommate. Uh, he's Anthony Tolliver. At fresh out the bubble. I mean, I, before we get into basketball, can I can I like ask you sixty five thousand bubble questions right now? Is that okay with you? Is that all right? <laughs> I, I gotta know. Oh. I, I got my curiosity. Like, what was? I, I know it's. Let, let's just let's take this bit by bit. The hotel situation. Give it to me, AT. Like, what was your room? I'm picturing Braun in, like, the presidential suite, like, got everything and maybe everybody else not quite in such a good comment. Like, how were the accommodations? How was your hotel room in the bubble? So I, I cannot speak to the Braun situation. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm assuming his room was not like mine. <laughs> I, I'll probably make, make that assumption. But uh, the, room, the rooms that we were in, I mean, yeah. They were fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm really not even the guy you probably should ask because I'm like probably the least the least uh, least likely to 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 give it crap, right? Like I'm like whatever. I, I'm yeah. I'm good like, as long as as long as I got a place to lay my head and I got some good food. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be tripping on much. But uh, but yeah, the hotel room they're 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 okay. I mean, they're pretty spacious and stuff like that. But you know, for the most part, you know, you just gotta. You get you get used to it, right? It was it was all right. Like, LeBron, but LeBron and those guys, they were at a different hotel. I'll tell you that. So, um, it was like a newer newer hotel that they were at. Yes. Um, but but you know everything else, like I said, I think was pretty much very similar. Okay, you brought up food. What was the food situation like? I mean, what 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 was? Uh, could you guys bring? Could you guys get stuff catered in? Like what? Like how 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 was the food? So the first few days, the food was awful. Yeah, I saw um, that. <laughs> uh, and we were, we were, so we were in, uh, you know, we were in self quarantine for the first couple of days, and and like they they were serving everything came in like these like to go yeah. individual boxes, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, because I guess that's the most sanitary way sure. to serve food. I guess if you put if you have like a yeah, like the dough plate that the food's touching each other. I guess that's coronavirus-ish. Okay. I don't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> a COVID casserole? You got a COVID yeah, casserole. Yeah, COVID you're... casserole. Yeah, I don't, I don't get, I don't get the, the, the thought process behind separating all of this. Just, uh, whatever. Yeah, know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it on the freaking plate. Yeah, let me it, rub. It yeah. my room. But anyways, um, but yeah, the first couple of days was pretty bad, but I think they, they got they got the message loud and clear pretty quickly. Uh you know, we were like, nah, this ain't, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> and, uh, and so they, they definitely fixed that up a lot better. And then after, um, after we cleared, um, after we cleared quarantine, they, they had like a list of uh, like five, to five or six restaurants that you could like order out of, like ah. where, you know, they would deliver it to the, to the bubble you know, like the the traditional, like the Morton Steakhouse, yeah, 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 right. Joe's Crab Shack, like you know, stuff that everybody has everywhere, um, Del Frisco's and stuff like that. Um, but uh, and then they started, uh, you know, expanding that menu. So some of the local Orlando restaurants, um, you know, Mexican restaurant, pizza restaurant. This so they started expanding that whole list. Um, the only thing is it kind of took a while okay. because there's like protocol. So your, your, your Del Frisco's, um, bag had to be like double checked, triple checked and like, like probably sanitized. They probably sprayed it with a bunch of, I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you just, like it took, it took, you know, it took a little while, but like I said, you had that option. Right. And you have, you know, each, each, each hotel had its own restaurant or restaurant. Ours, ours in particular only had one, but other other hotels, you know, sometimes had two or three. Um, and then you have room service, and room service kind of ran uh, all all day, uh, like through the evening and all the way through like two or three in the morning. So okay. you always had access to food. Sure, this was, you know, we kind of had the. It's kind of like a, uh, I called it NBA AAU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it sounds like it got better though. It sounds like it sounds like the whole food situation got better. I just know for me, like, you know, I've I've spent like uh, the most I've, time I've ever spent in a hotel is I've been in a hotel for like 
six days and dog by by like the fifth or sixth day you're kind of like you start to lose it a little bit what i mean did you in some ways is this gonna be like a test mentally for people a little bit like as the longer this goes like is it gonna kind of kind of test your 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 mental ability to kind of deal with with continuing to be in the bubble yeah i think so um i think that like if you if if you don't, if you're not proactive in like getting out and doing stuff and like exposing yourself to to non uh, hotel room stuff, right. then it could really, you know, it could really be bad for you mentally. Um, one thing I did constantly was just leave. I just left the room, yeah, right? Right. Like, what whatever that meant, like you know, if it just meant to go walk around a little bit or go sit by the pool or go to the meal room. We always had a meal room where you had access to food and snacks and stuff. Um, You know, any, you know, pretty much every off day or every day we didn't have a game, I would go to the golf course. Now would I play? Sometimes I play, but sometimes I just hit ball, right? Right, Just leave, go like move. Right. Um, And I think there's a lot of guys who, who don't, we don't do that. And I think that that over time, if they're, uh, you know, they just sit in their room, they got lose their it, mind. It, it will, it will, it will be a negative effect on them over time. By the way, I, you know, I was loving all your, your, your Instagram videos of you playing golf. Like, have you, what is your golf experience? Like, have you, you've played a little bit prior to the bubble, right? Like this, this one, like the first time you ever played golf. Uh, no, this is, you know, I'm, I'm still, I would still be, I would still be considered a beginner. I'm okay. Like getting stages, right? Yeah, like yeah. I'm not a, definitely not a, a golfer by any means, but I enjoy it. Right. Okay. I it's really, so much really enjoy yeah. playing golf. And I have for a long time. Just that, bro, when you got four kids, seven and under, it's uh, really hard <laughs> to go, you know, justify, Hey wifey, I'm about to go leave for five hours to go enjoy Enjoy the sun, enjoy the time, and drink a couple beers with my homeboys, and you guys sit here at the house. You know, like not really something you can just hard you know bring on your wife. You know, yeah. oh yeah, I'm about to go hang out with my boys for five hours while you sit here with these kids. You know, struggling. So oh, yeah, that's, that's it's not really the look. No, that, it's not. You know, that over the last few four or five years that that uh, I was going for so I love it marriage advice from Anthony Tolliver you know be careful about golfing all the time if you got multiple <laughs> kids it's maybe a little maybe a little tricky proposition I what about okay uh, I'm, I'm we're gonna get to basketball in a second and this is kind of basketball related but uh the arena it really came across well on TV like it looked cool I actually thought the virtual fans like I thought it was kind of fun. You know, I mean, I get it. Like, it's it's weird, but, like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Like, was it, I guess, the, the was it weird with no fans? What was it like? Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it was definitely different. Uh, but, you know, and I would say, for sure, it negatively affected my team in particular. Okay. Um, because, and I think it, it will affect any team that has, players who feed off the crowd a lot. Yeah. Um, like, I think that I know that a lot of people, you know, kind of pick like the Lakers, whatever, the Bucks, and 
Because you happened the first game to both those two teams. I really feel like it, you're, we're, we're, we are really about to find out like who are just hoopers. Like mm-hmm. who are just like the straight hoopers in, in the NBA and who are, you know, guys who are really good, who are hoopers, but, you know, they kind of get some of their secret superpowers from like the, the energy of the crowd. Right. 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 That makes sense. No, like, no like, it totally does. Because, I, I like, always thought that was a Devin bigger Booker, factor. Devin yeah. Booker is yeah. a hooper. Yeah. Right? Like he's just a hooper. Right. And it showed in the bubble because there was no, there's not, there's nothing else. It's just hoop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like Damon Lillard is both like Damon. He's like on a freaking another level. Yeah. But like, but, that's why the Suns were so freaking good in this situation and not and because like all the guys around Devin, you know, and, and, and like there's no pressure because it's like, bro, it's just, he's hooping. Like yeah. it felt like pickup game almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no pressure in a pickup game. So, but there's pressure on you whenever you got 20,000 people screaming at you, you know, who want to see you fail, you know, and it's a, that's a little bit different environment. So I know a lot of people pick the Lakers and the Bucks or whatever. I think this year might end up being some random team that you just like would not have thought of being like like the Boston Celtics are gonna win the championship or something. Right. You know, like, right. like it's gonna be somebody random that nobody picked because like the teams I feel like the teams and the players that are just hoopers, like those are the people who are gonna end up just being like the most effective and the most consistent because there's there's no crowd to lean on. There's no energy to to be to be had from the crowd or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, role play role players should really stand out in the playoffs this year. Um, you know they should. Uh-huh. Um, you know because there's no pressure. You're not on the road. You know you're not you're not any of that stuff. Stars are stars, but role players they should have a great opportunity to to really make. You know, the Gary Trent Jews of the world are going to be like household names after this whole thing. I totally agree with you. I, I always felt like I was surprised at how many people poo pooed the neutral site, no fan element of it. Like, I, I, not to say that the crowd makes an enormous difference, but it makes a difference. Like, it, it does for, for teams, for maybe how they're built, and for you're saying like the mentality of certain players. I think it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's shown to be a factor and I think it's going to continue to be a factor. Do you feel like not flying, not being in an airplane all the time, flying across the country, were you fresher? Like, did your body feel better because you weren't having to board a plane and land at 2 a.m. and get to a hotel and then fly across the country and play it back to back? Like, were you, were you feeling better physically by not having to do all the travel? Yeah. Um, yes. For sure, but then also in the bubble, we didn't have nearly as many, uh, like, recovery ah, opportunities. Okay. Um, so, like, we didn't have access to, like, hot tubs and cold tubs and stuff like that, right? Oh like, God. or, like, really? you know, even, like, yeah, because, they, like, I guess sanitary. And, I didn't I don't think know. about like, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I, I, really felt, I really felt like, yo, like, you know, we're going to, some some teams are going to be here for, you know, three months or whatever, and some teams are going to be here for six weeks, or whatever. It's like y'all couldn't have had some like, some like, cold tubs, you know, 
I don't know, brought in? That, that seems like that would have been – I mean, in my opinion, that, that would have been – if you would have asked players, I honestly feel like they would have said, yeah, in terms oh, of did. like necessary oh, thing. Oh, okay, we that's we, surprising. We made it very known. Like yeah. we wanted that type of stuff, but I, the, they kind of chalked it up to like – Too unsafe. The whole safety yeah. thing. Gotcha. gotcha. Right, like, oh, we don't want like people – like we we don't we don't feel like we can like sanitize like I don't know like, yeah. come on bro we're in a freaking bubble like we're playing we're hooping against each other that doesn't like, yeah that doesn't make cares? sense to me you know there's, I can go like I said, yeah. there's a lot of things that didn't add up like that like it was like come on man like yeah. that doesn't make any sense no I hey, by the way what was I, it's it's interesting we bring that up because I wanted to kind of get into like testing and what that was like and then I'd have to. Once, once you kind of cleared quarantine and you guys, like, as, a, as an entire league, you would go through one round of testing, no positive tests. Second round of testing, no positive tests. Did it get to where all, that you felt – did you feel incredibly safe from COVID inside the bubble? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And not, not for one second was I worried at all, like, in the bubble um, about contracting COVID. Uh, uh, just because it's like uh, it's a controlled environment. It's like, not you, in there. The virus isn't in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, it's, inside. It's not. It's, yeah. So there were. So so their their big their big thing was well some of the workers right some uh-huh. of the workers were not constricted to campus right yeah but they also got tested every day too so um, after learning a little bit more about COVID. Um, uh, the reason why they chose to test us every single day is because the doctors were saying, you know, to their knowledge, they're like, they, once you, let's say you, uh, you know, test positive for COVID, right? Uh, it, you, first of all, when you test on like a Tuesday, right? You test on Tuesday, let's say at some point on, you know, on Monday, let's say you, you get it, right? But, then you test on Tuesday, right? Obviously, it's not going to show up immediately. Mm-hmm. It's not going to show up. The, the, the results don't come back until Wednesday, right? So let's say you contract it on Monday, you test on Tuesday, you get the results back on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, it says you have a positive test, right? Well, th- from their research experience, whatever, whatever, they basically said it takes it takes you about – 48 to 72 hours, I guess, to become contagious. Ah. Um, so if you test every single day, ah. right, then once you finally do, if you do test positive, there's like, there's actually a very slim chance of you being able to pass it before they get you away from people. Yes. Interesting. So, so not, yeah, right, right. I didn't, I didn't, I, didn't I, I had no clue that was the case. I didn't know that that was, you know, but this was coming from our doctor. Like he, he said that, that is, that's why we test every day. We tested every other day. Then some stuff could slip through the crack. Right. You know, if you didn't test every day, then, you know, you wouldn't get a result back for let's say 72 hours. And by that time or 72 hours from maybe whenever you got, you contracted it, but by that time, you could be contagious. So if you have been around, which obviously you're in the bubble, you, whoever you've been around at that point would have to be quarantined as well. There but we go. Yeah. If they can, if they test every single day, and let's say you're positive, what they will do is they will still check everybody that you've been around, but just with a test. Once you 
basically, and it might be a, a 24 hour quarantine or 48 hour quarantine, but it won't be a, Oh, you got to stay for two weeks quarantine. Yeah. Right. Um, thing. And, and as once you are, once you have your two consecutive negative tests after being exposed to somebody that, you know, that contracted it, then you could get back out. Right. Because otherwise, you know, if somebody contracted it on your team, they would literally have to shut down the whole team and you wouldn't be able to play no more. That's right? interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that was super interesting to me uh, about, you know, Hey, like if you test every day, like basically you can completely control it and like you don't have to worry about it at all. Wow. I didn't, I, you know, that's so testing every day, not just, you're not just trying to catch positive tests. You're trying to catch people before they would even be, contagious like that that's a uh, that's it so the, wow that's uh that's something that I haven't really heard about but that's obviously I, I just felt like as you guys as it went along I do imagine you guys got to the point where you felt incredibly safe inside that bubble like almost you got to retrain your brain as you guys are now outside of the bubble uh by the way how much it's gonna be interesting you know they're gonna they're gonna start the process of allowing what, they're going to allow family members inside the bubble starting soon. No IG models, though. You're not going to – you got you to gotta prove – you can't go, hey, Adam Silver, at Buns on Fire, she's going to be coming into the bubble. <laughs> I, I'd love to yeah, see those like, conversations. Yeah, like their, their, their protocol, though, is hilarious. Like I don't – they're like you have to have proof of yes. like an ongoing relationship or something like like what you want like you want people to send in their dm thread or or what like what like what is what does that even mean like like because you can easily have a relationship with an ig model right like you could you know it's like how are you going to prove that i haven't been talking to her for two years right right how are you going to prove that or how are you going to check my phone records like what what are we doing here what are we doing yeah i don't yeah i mean that just that like how deep? How deep are they going to go into that due diligence? And it, that, that doesn't. That, that is just funny to me. But you know, I think they're trying to save face, right? I think they're trying to make totally, sure I that, I'm that joking, they're making, but they make it publicly known <laughs> that we are not going to condone yeah. basically having a bunch of hookers <laughs> on campus. Um, but if they do show up, we tried our best. <laughs> a perfect answer that buns on fire is not getting in the bubble it's just not happening (laughs) um okay i mean we got into little hoops um the playing game at i mean so you guys obviously you guys squared off against portland in the playing game it's an incredible game you could feel the intensity like you could feel it coming through the tv I guess first question, like, would you be in favor of keeping a playing game structure in place? Or once we get out of the pandemic and things are normal, just go back to normal? No, I absolutely, I absolutely don't think there should be a playing game in the future. Um, and it's just because in, the, in this situation, it made sense because, yep. hey, you know, we didn't get a chance to play out the rest, the rest of the season, you know, this will give other teams an opportunity to, you know, to make it um, stuff like that. Cool. Like I, I understood it in this situation. I also understood that, you know, that the NBA 
wanted Portland or New Orleans yeah. or somebody else besides us in there. So it, they got what they wanted, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, but now freaking Portland, uh, Dog, they, they might spoil are, the whole party. They are, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's the deal: is like, you know, I, you know, I. <clears throat> I don't think that people realized how good Portland was. Like, yes. they just kind of like saw all oh, that they're they're at the bottom of the West, and they're yeah they're they're playing well because you know they're you know they're trying to fight for a spot and stuff like that. But I knew I already knew like if I was a betting man, I would have bet that Portland was going to beat LA last night. Like yeah. Yeah. I don't know about for the series, but like the way that Portland's been playing, like Nurkic and, and well, first of all, obviously. Dame, Dame, right? It's ridiculous, man. Then CJ, CJ's been killing, mm-hmm. and then Nurkic. So you have three guys who are who are just dominating, right? And then all you need is Gary Trent Jr. just knock down a couple open shots. Carmelo just knock down a couple open shots. We don't need Melo. We don't need you to go be the old Melo. We just need you to knock down a couple open shots. That's right. it. Right. That's it. Right. Um, and if you have those three guys dominating. You have Melo and you have Gary Trent Jr. knocking down open shots. Honestly, like the rest of those guys, like this is icing on the cake. Tom Whiteside last night blocked a bunch of shots. Yep. He, he had, some, had some great uh, putbacks and some, you know, just being seven foot one or two around the basket, just dunking the ball whenever you get it dropped off. Like it's not like a if there if there's any team that can match up with LA's size, um, it's Portland. And, but then L.A. doesn't have guards that can oh. match up with their guards. So that's why I'm like, uh, like, is Portland going to win the series? I, I, don't, I, I, I almost never bet against LeBron. Um, I've just never seen a reason to bet right. against LeBron. Uh, <laughs> um, but Wouldn't surprise but man, me, though. If there, is a, if, there, if there is a team to beat the Lakers in the playoffs, it's Portland. Yes. I, I totally agree. I, I, what do you even? I mean, because people got to remember you were you were obviously you started the season with Portland, and, yep. and so you understand that team and you understand Dame. Because we got to talk about Damian Lillard right now. Like, dude is coming off ball screens at half court and letting that thing rip and make, making shots. Like, I it's yep. what do you even what do you even do with him right now? I mean, what you know? Because you guys had to you guys had to guard him in the playing game, obviously. Like. Some people are just running two at him and getting it out of his hands. Some people are trapping him wherever. Like, what do you what do you do with Dane? So when he's in this zone, um, kind of have to pick your poison because it's not really much you can do uh, because you can't trap the entire game. Right, right. You can't play four it's on three in the league. You know what I mean? Too like, hard. It's, it's way too it's hard. Too hard. Like, it's too much energy and effort. Then you end up getting all these other guys easy shots, yes. easy baskets. And as long as the thing is, is like if you had honestly, if they didn't have Nurk, which is what what we had to deal with whenever I was there, we didn't have Nurk, right? Mm-hmm. So when you don't have Nurk, then whenever Dame gets double teamed, like Hassan Whiteside's a great player, but he's not a playmaker. No, right? Nurk is a playmaker. Nurk is Nurk might be one of the most underrated players in the NBA, mm-hmm. and, and I say that like I played against him in the past, right? Obviously, he got hurt, and he wasn't he didn't play whenever I was there in Portland. 
So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, man, if he was playing when I was there, I'd probably still be there. <laughs> so, like, no, I'm serious. Yeah. Because, like, like, because, like, he, he's like, uh, what's crazy is he was in Denver with Jokic, by the way. They were both together in, in Denver uh, just a couple years ago, by the way. So, but, like, the way that he plays is, like, man, like, they're, they're going to be successful as long as they have Nurk, CJ, and Dane. Yeah. Because you got two dominant guards that can get their own shots, that can dominate a game, that are going to force teams to double team and stuff like that. Then you have a playmaking big that can get downhill, that can hit the corners, hit the top, hit a for throw, Aliu. He can do everything from that from the high post, and it's easy for him. Like it's not, it's not like a a task. No, right? Like for Hassan, Hassan, that's not his game. No, right? That's not what he does well. So whenever teams would double team Dame earlier in the season when I was there, you know, like you know, Hassan would do what he can, right? Um, but it's not. It wouldn't be fast because he's not a fast guy. Like he doesn't make quick decisions. He would just, you know. Make it. He, a lot of times, you just go to the basket and try to get a foul or whatever, and it would work out sometimes. But Nurk literally catches it and makes the right play every time, right? So now, if you have Nurk and then you have Gary Trent Jr. on one wing, you have uh, Mello, Carmelo, and then you have CJ, right? If that's the five that's on the court, and you double team Dame, mm, yeah, I know you're, you're in, in trouble. trouble. You're in big trouble. You're in trouble. And that's what and that's what's going on. And we we were we were actually we we made them yes we made them change up their lineups mm-hmm. because the way that the the way we were playing defense basically against Hazonia, uh, Zach Collins, uh, Nurkic even, but also and then uh, Hassan Whiteside. We literally said, "Y'all can do as much as y'all want." <laughs> like. <laughs> Like I, I was guarding, I was guarding Hazonia. I was in the paint. Yeah. I was guarding him. Like you, you can't shoot that. You can't shoot. I'm going to guard Dame or whoever else comes to this lane, and they can pass to you. And you can shoot it all day long. Right. Right. So we were. That's why we we had a chance in that game. But then the second half, you know, Stotts was like, "Ah, oh, crap! I can't play Hazonia. I can't play Zach. I can't play even Hassan Whiteside unless he's on the court." Um, by himself without Nurt, right? Um, so they went to their shooting lineup and put us in a bad spot because now it's like, well, crap, what are we you doing one on one? Yeah, right. Our guys can't, you know, no, no one can stay in front of Dame or guard Dame one on one right now. It's no. not possible. And CJ, nobody can guard either one of those guys one on one right now. So then they made plays down the stretch. So they end up, you know, getting us because I, I, I mean, it was great defense too. The, you know, Jaw ja was. Locking up, yeah, he, he was, was actually doing really well. Yeah, locking up as in like playing as good a defense as you possibly can against the individual, and still wasn't enough. Right. So, right. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors, and I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella windows of Omaha and Lincoln they are following CDC guidelines. Uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential 
customer's home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha Lincoln area, bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home. And you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella. So you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Yeah, when they play small, man, when they play CJ Dame, like you're saying, Mello, Gary Trent, and then Nurkic, that's a that's brutal. I mean, it's absolutely brutal defensively. Do you feel like, you know, we talked about how both, you know, so we're taping this on uh, on Wednesday. It's about 11 o'clock Central Time. Both one seeds lost their first game. Now, again, the Magic don't even have a guy that would sniff being on an all-star team right now. <laughs> and then Portland's got Dame and CJ and Melo and Nert, like that. It's a little different. But who who do you feel like? I, I know you said that it could be a random team that could that that could win this thing, but who do you? It's still Milwaukee's still really good, and the Clippers are still really good, and Lakers still got LeBron and AD. Like, who do you feel like is the best team? Now, the best team might not win, but who do you feel like is the best team? That's a loaded question, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, pre bubble, I would have probably said the Lakers. Uh, as far as the best team, mm-hmm. uh, just because they were, you know, they just all year they kind of looked like they just were were not going to be stopped like at all. Um, but they were also making shots and stuff like that. Which, you know, if Danny Green continues to struggle, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to lose. Kuzma continues to struggle. Yeah. from three, they're going to be in trouble. Right. Um, like those guys have to shoot well in order for the Lakers to play well. Um, otherwise it's not going to be good. No. Um, and, but, and then Milwaukee, right? Like I would, I, I mean, it's very clear. I mean, usually the two best records, you, you would say most of the time are the two best teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like now in this bubble situation, everything else, like I said earlier, like I think Hoopers will be at premium. Like, I think a team like Boston could definitely end up winning the championship. I think a team like, um, and I don't know how healthy, how close they are to being fully healthy, but someone like Denver to me is like dangerous. Yeah. Um, Because they just have so much talent. And in the bubble, it's not nearly as much about, oh, like you have, you know, all these different factors that go into it. No, they just got a bunch of hoopers. Mm-hmm. Like Denver, Denver, and if, if Denver might not, be, it might not be this year. I, I'm not saying that. But like, honestly, over the next like three, three to five years, Denver might be the most interesting team out of anybody. You look at the roster, you got, you obviously have Jokic, you have Jamal Murray, but like Michael Porter Jr. Dog. is averaging 30 in the bubble. Yeah. 
Like if he's healthy, 30. he's a great player. Oh my gosh! Like I was like dog. Like he's their best player right now. Like it, it wasn't even close. Like and, and Jokic is a monster, and Jamal Murray is a monster. So I'm like, yo, if they figure that out. Just having you know those three, but then you, you don't even have the just those. Three. You have Gary Harris. You have freaking um, uh, uh, gosh dang, what's his name? Will Barton. Will Barton. Who's a, who's a monster? Uh, they, they have that young boy that wasn't even play. He wasn't even in the rotation. And he was killing the bubble. I can't even think of his name. That's how that's how unknown he is. <laughs> but like, and then you have Bobo, who's like this wild card that <laughs> can block shots, right. can pass the ball, can shoot it. Like, bro, like they they are they're one of those teams that like, I I I mean, me personally, if I was in the playoffs, like I wouldn't want to see them even right now. Right. But let alone a year or two from now, like I would not want to see that team. Uh, face-to-face at all. Because um, they just have so much, they have so much, uh, you know, versatility. And uh, Well, yeah, you listed like, like five like guys said, that could go for 25 or 30. You know what I mean? Right, like, not, not right, very many teams right. have that, really have that. Oh, like, don't even, that didn't, I didn't even include Jeremiah Grant. Yeah. I love him. So do I. I love his game. He's so freaking, he's a great defender can shoot the ball now because he used to be a terrible shooter. So you can just back up, he's fine. You'd be fine. But now he can shoot the fits out of it. So like there's they got a they got a squad, bro. So like I would say Denver is probably my sleeper in the West that nobody's talking about. Portland is is obviously, but everybody's talking about Portland. Yeah, everybody's right now. on so yeah. I'm right. talking about teams that nobody's talking about. Denver in the West and probably Boston in the East, um, as far as teams that people really aren't talking about that I really feel like have a chance. And what's really weird and what's crazy is that Toronto is going to be competing again without Kawhi. I know. And it's like, how? Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't like, either. It, it, they might be as good at, without Kawhi, which is – I can't Nuts. even believe I'm saying that I out can't loud. either. But right. they, are, they are just as good as they were last year. So what, if they won the championship last year, why couldn't they do it again this year? It's yeah. like, that's nuts. AT, help me out. I, like, I feel like I'm going to start this question and it's going to come off like I'm like a hater or something like that, and I'm not. But help me out. I want to talk about Giannis for a second because, like, I think I, I get it, dude. The dude is just, I mean, he's a great player. He's probably going to win the MVP again. And he, I mean, he's awesome. But I, when I watch him, just help me, help me understand what's going on in my head. There's something about him that I'm just, I'm not like all the way in on him yet. And maybe it's just because, like, in, in crunch time or in the playoffs, there aren't as many coast-to-coast opportunities. He's not as effective as some of these other stars, if you want to call them, in the half court because when defenses pack it in, he's not a great shooter. He's not as good of a, a passer out of doubles and, and traffic as like Braun and Harden are. Help me. Am, am I just chugging haterate? Like, help me out with Giannis. Uh, no, I mean, it's uh... – everything you just said is really valid. It's you have to, you can only judge somebody from their fruit, right? Yeah. So his, his fruit has come almost exclusively in the regular season. So regular season, Giannis is one of the greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and it's not like he doesn't produce in the playoffs. I mean, you, even the first game, you have 31 and 15, right? Like, <laughs> I know, right. Like, that's, that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, that's still crazy numbers. But 
it's it's the the what people will judge him on is his response in crunch time, um, his response whenever the team's is on like life support, yeah. right? Um, because you know, I think for a long time that's how a lot of people looked at LeBron, right? It was oh, he's a great regular season guy. When it comes to the playoffs, right? Like, like, or, or when it comes to crunch time, yeah. Like he might even have great playoff numbers, but when it comes to crunch time, who's he, does he? Is he hitting big shots? Is he making big plays for his team? That was the difference, right? And and that was LeBron James, right? Like now, obviously, everybody knows. Yeah, he's proven it now. And yeah, how, right. How how he how he? But it took him a while, mm-hmm. right? It's the, you know, what is, is Giannis? What on his sixth year? I don't even know. Is yeah, that, is that sounds right. I looked six? it up. This I think he's twenty is, 25, right? 26 years old, maybe. Yeah. So so yeah, around around his sixth year, right? Like mm-hmm. so, it's like if they freaking fizzle out and and don't win the championship this year, there's going to be a lot of people who say, ah, oh, he, he, he ain't it. He yep. ain't one of the best. He ain't a great. He's not this. He's not that, right? Like, that's going to be people saying that because, you know, we're, we're in this, this, you know, we're in this environment, this culture that, hey, if, you, if you're good enough, you're good enough. You don't, it doesn't take time to right. figure it out. Like, but it does. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it does take time. Um, you know, he, he's known forever that he has to improve his shooting if he doesn't improve his shooting it will it will be like deja vu every single year like like teams will pack it in and the only way he will be able to win the only way he's going to be able to win period is if he has people around him step up but it you know but you know even but even then there are going to be he's going to have to have you know some games where he literally just takes over right like takes over and like, okay, him getting 31 and 15, it's like, that's great. But what's crazy is that in this league, in order to be known as the greatest or to be, to be deemed the greatest, it takes more. It sounds crazy, right? No, I know. But it takes, it takes more. It takes more. It takes like, okay, you're Dame Lillard and, you just missed two game-winning free throws, and you missed a shot at the end, and everybody was like giving you crap. Well, how do you respond? You respond with sixty-one. Yeah. You respond with that with fifty-one, and then after that, you respond with forty-three and make the playoffs, right? Right. Like that's what like Giannis. If Giannis doesn't come out and dominate this next game, that. That's what people are looking for. Yeah. Right. I, maybe that's what, maybe that's what I'm trying four, to say. If he doesn't yeah. come out and have 45 and 20. Right. Right. People people are going to be like, ah, he ain't he ain't got the gene. He ain't yeah. got the greatness gene. I, I'm with you. I think that's where it. I I think it's just he still got he still got that he still got a little something to prove and he's got to take that next step. So when I when I point out those flaws, I guess the big thing is just like he's got to take that next step. You know and. Yeah. And that remains to be seen. Do you think, uh, I'm sure you saw it, uh, Barkley last night said James Harden's the best one-on-one player ever. Kenny Smith and Shaq about, f- like, flipped over the set and lost their mind. Because uh, you know, obviously you think about Jordan, you think about Kobe. What What do you think? I mean, you've probably, you've gotten switched on to Harden. You've had to guard Harden. You've had to guard all these dudes for a decade plus in the league. Harden, best one-on-one player ever. 
What do you think? Uh, it's a debate. Right. Um, it's a, and the reason why it's a debate is because of his ability to manipulate for fouls. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like it's it's not it's not because I feel like he's the best one on one player ever as far as his skill set. No, he's not. Um, like I've never I don't even know if I've ever seen him post up ever. Right. Because being the best the best one on one player, I feel like you got to be able to take people off the dribble face to face and back them down. You know, be able to do you got post moves, you got post footwork, you got all that. Kobe is a more skilled one-on-one player than James Harden. Yeah. Right? Um, skilled. But, it, honestly, like, you're when you talk about just, like, if I just needed a bucket, I might choose, I mean, a game bucket. If it's one-on-one on street ball, That's what I'm, I'm saying. not James Harden. Yeah. Hell no. He's getting – first of all, I can't guard. You know, he's not guarding Kobe or Jordan. And that's what you're. That's it. Like you put him in a game in in that D'Antoni system with refs. I didn't think about that. Like refs, not you know, in a, on a in a you know, you go to Rucker Park. It's call your own. You're not doing. You're not kicking your leg out and calling a foul. Everybody's gonna be like, "Come on, dog. We're not. We're not. We're not playing right, kick your exactly. leg out stuff." But that's a good point. I didn't think about the refs. Right, right. Like if you if you have refs, if you have a game, like yeah, like I, he might be the best one on one player ever because you. Because he's one of the he's one of the best I've ever seen at being able to manipulate like any t- any sort of defense and to and, and use it to his advantage. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, but if there's no refs, no, he's not even in the top five or ten probably. That's a right? yeah, great point. Um, yeah. So so if you just go straight that way, then you know, I would say you know a Jordan, Kobe, KD. Uh, KD, yeah, KD, KD, maybe, you know, if you're just talking just straight bucket from anywhere on the court, like KD, right? he's up there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like I said, the manipulation and all that stuff is, is where James yeah, Harden we, becomes. We, need, we needed you on the on TNT. Beyond, beyond elite. Yeah, that would have been like, that. I wish you'd have been on TNT with the boys. They would have, you, that would have been a hell of a point. I, a couple more things, I'll let you run AT. I mean, you know, the young – one of my main takeaways from the bubble is like, man, some of these young players in this league are really, really good. You know, I put out a, a some on Twitter on, you know, 23 and under draft. And you have Luka, Devin Booker, your boy Ja. You got Zion. You got Donovan Mitchell, who had 57 yesterday. Jason Tatum's a stud. Yeah, third, third most ever, ever in the playoff game. That's crazy. <laughs> that's nuts, right? I mean, when you're in the when you're with like Jordan and those guys, I mean, that's that's on another. That's that's nuts. And you know, then you got Jason Tatum, and then even a dude that's not in the bubble, Trey Young. Trey Young's, you know, I mean, he's like a. a I mean, he's he's a problem. When you look at yeah. my, you know, when I, all the guys, I know you don't have the list in front of you that I just threw out, but like I would pick Luca out of all those guys. I know you're probably partial to your boy Ja, but like what, when you kind of think about all those younger stars, who who's the one guy that you're like, that guy, that dude, look out for that dude? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, you can kind of make an argument for, for, all those guys. I Absolutely. mean, honestly, like each each one of them 
they each have kind of like their own unique thing. They're all really, really good. Um, you can build a team around each and every one of them. Uh, I mean, Zion is definitely the most uh, uh, interesting of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I say interesting because I still haven't figured out what I think of him yet. Right. Uh, because it, the sample size is so small. Uh, but the sample size that that, he, that has happened so far, I mean, he's dominated. Mm-hmm. Completely dominated the NBA in his sample size. Do I think that that's sustainable? I don't know. Huh. I, don't I don't know if it is. Like, I don't know if he can sustain, sustainably dominate like he has. The thing is, it's, it's not even a, honestly, it's not even really that much of a question who you take if he's, because if he's able to do what he's done, like long term, he would literally be one of the best players ever. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's, it's one, it's one of those things like the, the, I'm not talking about, oh, he's out here scoring 50. It's just that, he is complete. Like he's shot. He's shooting like seventy percent for his career. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And it's not. It's not like it's all dumb. No. Like, he's just not, like he's just like he's scoring like skill shots at at that at a seventy at, uh, like a seventy percent clip, which is stupid. Yeah. Like it's crazy, right? It was just dunks. That's different. Like there's you know the Tyson Chandlers of the world who have shot seventy percent for a season or for multiple seasons, but it's because he's shooting. He's just it's all lob every dunks time. or rebound dunks. You know? Yeah, right. Like, like Zion is, is making, is like doing skilled things and making skilled moves and finishing on people at like a 70% clip. So, so yes, I think that he's the most interesting of the, of the crew because I just don't know what to think of what he can do long-term. You, I mean, and, and I get why you say Luca. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Luca is, is he has the type of game that is kind of like, I, I can do this for 20 years. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, I know. Like it's not like nothing that he does currently is like, oh, he's going to need, he's going to, that he's going to lose that over time. No. Uh, because, you know, so like, so he, he might have the most sustainable game out of everybody. Um, you know, it, did you say Jason Tatum's in that group too, yeah, right? Yeah, J- Jason Tatum. He's 22, maybe? 20, he might even 22, be 22, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I think that he might end up being the best. Yeah, he's, he's got it all, dude. <laughs> Which is, like, out of every, like, it's, it's kind of weird because, like, I, like I said, you can make an argument that any of those guys could end up being the best. Like, right. Like what, Don, what Donovan just did, like, do I think that he's going to be the best of that group? Donovan? No, I don't. But he just scored 57 <laughs> points in a playoff game, like third most ever. Right. In the history of the game. So it's like, like, you know, people have in the past have kind of compared him to, you know, uh, uh, Dwayne Wade. Right. Yep. And I'm like, like, bro, like there, he has, he might have more potential than Dwayne Wade. Right. Which is kind of crazy to say because it's like Dwayne Wade's one of the best players ever. And, but Donovan Mitchell has that type of potential, but he can shoot better already yeah. now. Right. Right. So it's like, bro, so wh- where's, where's his ceiling? Cause Dwayne Wade's maybe, you know, arguably second or third best two guard ever. So 
if Donovan Mitchell has more potential than D Wade, what is what does that look right. like? What are we yeah. talking about here? You know, like and and he's and it's, AT he's done something that all those other guys other than Tatum like he's won a playoff series. You know what I mean? Like that's the right, other thing and, right. and it's not you know, you can't hold that against necessarily Zion or Ja or some of those guys, but like you know how it is. Like the playoffs are different. Like the one thing you gotta give Donovan is Donovan has stood in the playoffs and like balled. Like that's that matters. Right. That totally matters. So I you a couple I I wrote down a couple of rapid fire questions uh to to wrap this thing up because this has been a blast, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Okay, uh AT toughest player to guard in the NBA right now is who? Anthony Davis. Okay. I didn't think uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you do with that cat sometimes. His play yesterday, AT, where he blocked CJ and then took off running and Braun threw it up to him and he I mean he basically took one stride off half court and dunked it. Like he just does stuff that is like he he makes my jaw drop maybe more so than anybody when I watch that guy play. It's just it doesn't even look right. Yeah, him, him and Jaw, him and Jaw are the two most like like two people in the league where I'm like, oh well, I, you have to add retreat to that too. Where it's just like, how do you do that? Yeah, you know, like like what? Right? How did you do that? Like what the freak? Like how how did you even think that that's impossible? to do and you just did it I know. in the game it's like, nuts no problem like there was a play yesterday that anthony davis rolled to the basket wasn't even paying attention somebody bounced the ball <laughs> to him he accidentally caught it and then accidentally dunked it like it was you can tell it wasn't even like a part of the plane and that's what i'm talking about like like he yeah. did that i'm like bruh yeah. like that was that was an accident it's nuts he didn't he didn't mean he didn't even mean to catch it he wasn't even paying attention he didn't see the ball <laughs> he, just he, got it. he rolled like aimlessly yeah. uh. the ball just like fell into his hands and then oh he's like oh okay so uh. then he jumped up and dunked it i'm like what the freak i know like, i know like you're not supposed to be able to do that like that's not supposed to be possible like on accident it's nuts it's it's nuts can't you can't choose yourself because I feel like you know guys like you with your with your confidence you would choose yourself in this question three pointer to save your life who who are you choosing to shoot it uh Kyle Corver oh I like it you're holding it down for the Creighton boys I like it I like it well I mean just just I I've seen it like I've just like I know like the dude is like you're just talking about with just one shot just like, one shot I, yeah I don't yeah it's one hard to, shot I mean. You, you can't go wrong with Kyle, Steph, Clay, like Ray. That's really, I yeah, mean, like yeah, Ray, yeah. Ray Allen. Like I, I, I you know, I, yes, he's a great, one of the greatest shooters of all. But like, I'm taking those three, all three of those guys over Ray Allen for one shot. Like he, he wasn't even, he wasn't even in my thought process to tell you the truth. Right. Yeah. I, he I, was, I, like this the one spot shot to save my life. Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. You're, you're living. And outside you, of that list, it, it gets real shaky. But if you got those three guys, you're living. You can make you can make dinner reservations for later on that night. You are living. All right, you are living with those three guys. I don't think exactly. I don't think you and I never really talked about this. What do you think makes Dana Altman such a good coach? What What do you think it? What's his? What, what do you think it is? Because he's because he's unique. He, he's. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you can yeah. brand him as like, oh, his X's and O's or that. Like, no, nah, like, dude, we had a play called middle. Where like you catch it on the wing and you're just gonna 
that guy's going to drive it into the middle. Like, you know, it's not like we ran super <laughs> intricate, crazy, complicated stuff. What do you, what's his secret sauce to you as, as guys that have played Discipline. Discipline. Okay. Discipline. Uh, the game of basketball, I feel like if you have a coach that, that is disciplined, he's disciplined himself, but he also, he's also has a, a, a reputation of having disciplined players. You can have disciplined players in this game of basketball. Um, you can win. Like that's that that's the, I would say the same thing for Popovich, right? Like San Antonio, they do not beat themselves yeah. ever. They never beat themselves, and so if you have a team that never beats itself, you're going to have a tough night every night. You're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to beat them every night because. Honestly, you in the game of basketball, as much as people want to believe that they are so good all the time, half the time when you win, it's not because of you. Because right. the other team sucked it up that night. The other team turned it over 25 times. The other team took a bunch of terrible shots, right? Yep. You just were the beneficiary of that team making bad choices. Right. Yeah. That's how I feel about the game of basketball. And I'm not saying that's what it is all the time. No, you're right. Though. That's why. Yeah. Uh, that's why. That's why I feel like there's, that's why bad teams can win games. Like, like they just get lucky, you know, and you, you, they just happen to play against a team that sucked it up that night. And, and maybe they had a good night and hell, wow. You know, we got to win. Right. But over the course of time, to be as consistent as Dana Altman has been, it takes discipline. Yeah. Right. It's a good answer. And him being able to have a disciplined team. Yeah. I think I wrote down like three things. Like I think authentic, like he's authentic. I think that's something that's important if you're a coach. Like he doesn't, have you ever seen that guy ever deviate from who he is? Maybe even to a fault. Like, and I think players actually respect that. Like he can relate to Dylan Brooks or Ryan Sears and everybody in between because, like, he's authentic. And then to your point of, like, he he's also, I think, really good at role definition. Like, he really does a good job of explaining to you what he wants from you. And, like, and, and the better you understand what you want from your coach, the more you're going to be able to do it at a higher level, you know? And then I do think there's an element of he keeps it simple. I think some coaches try to get – I think some coaches try to show off that they have a dry erase board. You know what I mean? Like, hey, check this out. I'm going to run, you know, double stack, slip, hammer, backside. Ro-. You know, it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, like, that's not what wins basketball games. Like, I, I think he also does a good job in, in that regard as well. Uh no, I agree. I think that's a that's a great point as well. Okay, best uh, last one because I hear baby uh, best best basketball movie of all time. I don't know if what you got you got one that stands out. Ooh, I wrote down a couple. You want me to throw a couple out there so you can kind of like be thinking about like I wrote down Hoosiers, White Men Can't Jump, Above the Rim, He Got Game, Love and Basketball, Space Jam, Coach Carter. Any of those? Yeah. So. So out of that group, I would say Love and Basketball for me is up there for sure. Uh, one that wasn't on that list, Sunset Park. Yeah, okay, yep. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. Um, Above the Rim is definitely up there for me. Uh, let's see here. Basketball he got game. He got game's kind of a classic. 
He got game as a classic, man. He got game as a classic too. Spike Lee. He got game definitely, definitely is a classic. Uh, You know, just not as kid friendly. Wait a minute! You're not uh, gonna you know, sit down with your kids. Family. You're not gonna watch. Sp- no, you got Space Jam or he got Game? Which one of the kiddos watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely, definitely won't be watching. He got Game with Isaiah anytime soon. <laughs> um, maybe once he's about to be a college recruit, and yeah, then, oh then he boy. might be like, then he might be disappointed. Actually, so. <laughs> yeah, that was not an accurate depiction. <laughs> I know of shit. I was. I know I was. Me too. <laughs> I was like, man, these are recruiting trips, dog. How many of these I get? <laughs> I tell you, oh, I only get three of these strips. Dang it! Dang it, man! <laughs> this was not how it was like, and he got game. Oh. No, like that—that <laughs> that actually set expectations way too high. Way too high, man. Way too high. At. <laughs> hey, real for you. You're not. Th- are you thinking about retiring? You're not thinking about retiring, are you? You still got. You got left. You got more uh, in the tank, man. I got. I, I'm. I'm probably playing one. Maybe two more years, but okay. probably okay. one more. Because I love watching you play. Please just for just for my entertainment, like don't retire because I still like watching you play. Okay, just for me. If you, do, if you need a reason, everybody's got to have their why. You know, like why are you do do it for me. All right, do it, do it yeah. for me. Okay? Nick Ba, Nick Ba <laughs> said I can retire, so I'm gonna do it for him. Hey, oh by the way, I mean because last time we talked, we were talking about the great challenge and all that stuff. Did you guys feel good about the social justice stuff you guys wanted to come across with the bubble? Like I thought it all looked great with the Black Lives Matter on the court and all that stuff. Like you guys, everybody's got to be pleased, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that uh, you know, we everything turned out probably as good as we you know, as we thought it could, okay. you know, honestly. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're definitely, um, pleased with how much attention all this stuff got Good. And everything else is kind of continuing to bring uh, light to a lot of issues that, you know, that, you know, yeah, definitely had light, but then it's like, well, shoot, we're going to keep bringing light to them until things get figured out, sure. you know? So, um, you know, guys are still trying to put pressure on, you know, uh, Louisville uh, people to to freaking you know to bring justice for Breonna Taylor and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, you know, so just continuing to, to like I said, pressure to bring things to yeah. the to the forefront yep. that that you know the media and 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 our culture usually just pushes to the side because oh well, it's not new anymore. Yeah, well we're just trying to make sure things don't get pushed to the side because it's not new. Yep. I, I, th- I thought it was executed extremely well. Anthony Tolliver, hey, man, uh, congrats on a, on a great bubble experience. It was fun to watch you guys play. We'll be in touch, and uh, remember, you can't. You got to keep playing for me, okay, just for me. Uh, well, like I said, minimum one more year for you. How about okay, that? Th- I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it right now. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AT. All right, brother. Appreciate yep. you. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. Oh, Media Production.